so many business classes teach you that you are not your ideal client. So do not speak to yourself. No, 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 no. I am my ideal client because I found out who I am because of my dog. I am a remarkably different person today than I was 20 years ago before I met Shep. I am I am more me than I have ever been because of my dogs. Hi, I'm Tori Mystic, and you're listening to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast, the only show dedicated to supporting women in all areas of the pet industry. In this episode, I am sharing a conversation with Angela Schneider, the remarkable woman behind Big White Dog Photography and One Last Network. Angela's life, shaped by the companionship of her beloved dogs, Shep and Bella, led her to establish businesses that empower women to find their unique place in the world with their pets by their side. After experiencing personal loss, Angela embarked on a new mission, becoming a certified grief coach and pet loss grief companion, stepping up to fill a gap she noticed in the pet industry. We delve into a truly heartfelt discussion exploring how Angela has discovered profound meaning in her own experience of loss. We discuss the power of storytelling in her work as a pet photographer and grief educator, and the healing potential of professional pet portraits. Angela generously shares personal, often vulnerable, stories that have shaped her life and career. For all petpreneurs out there, Angela shares valuable insights into the role of pet loss grief counseling in our industry. She shares why joining One Last Network and embracing grief training could revolutionize your service, giving you the tools to support your clients in their toughest times and ultimately reach more people. This is a conversation that is full of wisdom, passion, and a deep love for pets and their profound impact on our lives. I hope you enjoy it. Angela Schneider is the driving force behind Big White Dog Photography and One Last Network. Both of these ventures grew from the deep bond with her dogs, Shep and Bella. Angela's journey in life has been radically shaped by Shep's companionship and later, Bella's grounded approach to life. These canine companions inspired her to launch Big White Dog Photography, an initiative that aims to empower women to find their place in the world through their dogs. When Angela's mother passed away in 2022, that sparked a new journey, the creation of One Last Network. Seeing that many pet photographers struggled with dealing with end-of-life situations with their clients, Angela became a certified grief coach and pet loss grief companion. She then created a unique training program to support pet photographers dealing with anticipatory and post-loss grief. Leveraging her journalism and marketing background, Angela also teaches members of One Last Network how to grow their online presence. Her mission is to empower pet photographers on their own paths while giving them the tools to support their clients during tough times. Hi, Angela. Hi. You look so uncomfortable of me reading your bio out. 
I got all misty. The room got dusty. And I'm like, what? Who, who is she talking about? That person yes. sounds really cool. Well, you're doing amazing things. And I'm so excited to have you on the show. And I, I already told you this, but just so that everyone knows, you came so highly recommended by many, many people to have you on my podcast. So uh, I'm really excited to hear more about the work that you're doing. Well, I will preface the conversation by saying um, I can be a bit of a jackass. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's genetic. My dad was the class clown. And um, so I don't take a whole lot of things too seriously. But I think that's the key, right? Because talking about loss and grief and these heavy topics, we need to bring some levity to right through it. Yep. Yes, exactly. So before, I guess, before we talk about One Last Network and the work that you're doing there, maybe we should talk a little bit about Big White Dog photography um, and kind of how this evolved. So um, how did you get started working with pets? Oh, wow. It's a big question. Uh, Shep came into my life in 2004 when I was still in journalism as a sports writer. And I got laid off in 2006 and shifted over to marketing and communications for survival in Calgary, Alberta. And it just wasn't feeding my creative soul. I had a bit of a breakdown and my therapist told me to go find something to do with that creative soul. And I had started hiking in the mountains because I had the Rocky Mountains and the foothills just like there. And um, (laughs) Shep was by my side for all of it. And I was standing on a hill um, and I said, I am in the most beautiful place in the world with the most beautiful dog in the world. Now, I don't have a camera in my hand. And I had given up all of my camera gear when I had moved to Calgary Because in small town newspaper journalism, you do all the things. But when I had moved to Calgary, I didn't have to do all the things because we had a 15 team, 15 member team of of photographers. So I didn't have to take my pictures for my stories. So I gave up all of my gear and it was film gear anyway. Digital had come on. So I saved up and for Christmas that year, I, I got myself my first Nikon DSLR. And I've been Nikon since I was born. Um, (laughs) Nikon for life. Nikon for life. Yeah. And I just started taking photos of the mountains and, and dead trees and the wildflowers. And for whatever reason, Shep always ended up being in my lens. And then I met a boy and I moved to British Columbia for a work and B uh, to get a little bit closer to where he lived. And um, then the very worst day of my life happened. He died. Shep died on August 20th, 2014. Uh, it still wrecks me. Um, yeah. And uh, all I had in the days after were the pictures of him. Yeah. But what really sucked was that all I had of us together was stupid selfies. 
And I, I put the word out to my friends. If you have any photos of me and Shep together, because when I lived in Calgary, I hung out with other photographers, started coming in like a flood. I never shared it with you because I didn't think it was very good. And I'm like, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's us together. There's one of us just laying together. Um, His legs are wrapped around me. And that's who we were. He was my guardian. He was my protector. I would get off work at one o'clock in the morning when I was at the Calgary Sun and take him for a walk in my neighborhood at one o'clock in the morning in Calgary. Nobody was messing with me because I had a 110 pound dog that had a really big bark. And then this other magical creature came into my life just nine days later. And her name was Isabella. And she's the beautiful white girl you see behind me. And same breed. I am attached to the Marema sheepdog at my very soul. They are a defiant, stubborn, independent breed that lights my soul on fire because I am all of those things. And (laughs) moved down to Spokane to marry my now husband. Tried to resurrect my marketing and communications career. Got a job and failed miserably. It was the most soul-sucking thing I have ever done in my life. And while I was sitting at work, I started dreaming. And I remembered having a conversation with Shep about making sure other people had great pictures of their dogs and them together. And noses and toes pet photography was born. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I am not cute. Not cute. (laughs) I mean, I've only known you for 30 minutes, but yeah, I I wouldn't say you go for cuteness. (laughs) No, but I did. I did wear that brand for um, a couple of years after uh, walking out of my office and flipping off my boss as you would expect someone like me to do. And nobody would pronounce noses and toes correctly. Um, I would get noses and toesies or nose and toesies or whatever. And I heard it said, uh, I donated a gift certificate to one of the local nonprofits during the uh, pandemic. They were doing online auctions, right? And I was watching the Facebook live drawing And she said it, she said it incorrectly. And then she goes, oh my God, that is so cute. They're like, nope, I'm done. In that moment, it was like rebrand. Let's go find me a new domain. And, uh, and I sat with it, of course. And I was like, what feeds me? Who am I? Why doesn't this work? And I looked to the two creatures that give me inspiration on a daily basis and thus, I evolved into big white dog photography that is all about adventure and lust for life and empowering women to see who they are through their dog's eyes. Because I love that so much. When I read that in your bio, I've never seen anybody else describe their photography work in that way. And it really stood out to me, you know, I'm obviously like, super in tune to anything that's like women and dogs. So it, so it really caught my eye, but, but it's just such a lovely way of, uh, 
of thinking about photography is not just like, oh, here's some more pictures of your dog. You got a lot of pictures of your dog, but how does your relationship with your dog empower you to be the person you're meant to be and documenting that, which is, they don't sounds fascinating. Yeah. How many pairs of heels I have in the closet or, um, who I'm dating or whatever. They just don't care as long as we're together. Hmm. And I found that through Shep, just the ability to be comfortable with who I am because he didn't need me to be anybody else. But, and Bella is the exact same way, but Bella moves with such intention in this world. I have this video clip of her on a hike and she's like every single step is just planting and her head is just looking around and observing and taking in everything. And so from her, I've learned to slow down and look and observe and just absorb. It's really incredible. Yeah, I I love it. And I just resonate with so much of what you're talking about. And and my dog, Lucy, her favorite thing to do is when we go on a walk, she likes to walk to the park, sit down and just watch things go by for a little while. And that's like her favorite thing. And we did that a little bit just last night. We went to a place that we don't usually go to. And it was just like the sun was setting and it was just, we just sat there in quiet reflection and it was just so peaceful and so nice and not worrying about, are they behaving? Are they sitting? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? Am I, what am I doing? You know? And it was just like, we didn't have a care in the world for that, you know, 20 minutes that we sat there. Gosh, I see people on walks all the time, yanking at their dog and, and pulling at their dog. And I'm like, whose walk is it? Is it your walk or is it your dog's walk? And let your dog enjoy the day. And, right. And to sit with your dog like you did with Lucy and to realize that living life in the moment can be about quiet and peace and calm. You don't have to be doing something all the time. Yeah. Well, so you just mentioned a little keyword there, which was like, uh, or maybe you didn't, but it, we were getting, we were tipping, tippy towing, tippy towing close to it, which is anticipatory mm. grief. Yeah. Um, and this like dread that kind of sets in. And, and so, so with one last network, you've created a membership, resources, educational tools, all kind of stuff to not only help pet parents, but to help the pet photographers with this grief. So I'm so interested um, to learn more about this. Tell, tell us all about One Last Network. Okay. I started tracking in 2018 how many clients were coming to me because their dogs were old, sick, and dying. And I realized that it was one third of them. And that's a pretty significant chunk of my revenue base. And having been through the experience myself, and obviously not having fully recovered from it, because I will break down the second I start talking about Shep, I wanted to learn more. And so I picked up a couple of books and I learned the term anticipatory grief. Uh, What the hell is it? I had lost my dad when I was 25. And uh, 
never, never learned how to grieve because we don't learn how to grieve. Nobody teaches us how to, I can see your dog staring out the window. <laughs> so the, UP, the UPS truck drove by. I could hear it. Ah, so he, <laughs> he has to protect us. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Look at that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Sorry to distract you, but I just, uh, there we go, Bert. Relax. Oh, remember dog is life. Coffee is blood. Dog is life. <laughs> um, and then this little thing popped up. This gal on the East Coast went viral for doing end of life sessions for free and started to amass a following of people with cameras who wanted to do it as well. And my friends on the East Coast, Pittsburgh, Boston, uh, a few other places, started getting inquiries from people with sick and dying dogs but then expected my friends to do the job for free. We can't. Nobody, clients don't care how the sausage gets stuffed, but we do in that we have camera maintenance, insurance, permits, business licenses. You know, you know all the things that goes into running a business. And that stuff costs money. And we have to pay for that stuff somehow and try to make a little money off of what we're doing, right? We all want to have profitable businesses. The trouble was that when my friends would relay the information about their pricing to these potential clients, they would get really rude and demanding service for free because this other service was happening. Mm -hmm. So we came together and had a chat about ways that we could pump up our websites to make sure people knew before they came to the inquiry that this is not free and this is why it isn't free. It's not giving, you know, the sausage. Yeah. Stuff, but right. Not, not showing them your spreadsheet, but saying exactly you know, experience, you know what you're doing. Here's it's, here's why it's not, here's why it costs as much, but here's why it has this much value. Right. Here's why professional pathography is a difference maker. Uh, we understand how the animals behave. We take care in in moving an injured or ill pet. Um, we take great care in the locations that we choose. The you know we understand the lighting, how our cameras work, etc. And we all went away from that meeting feeling really good and pumping up our websites. And then, and then my mom died. January 28th, 2022. And uh, I had to go back to Nova Scotia from Spokane, Washington for the funeral and whatnot. And uh, I came home from that. It completely shut down. And uh, it took me a while to get back up and running. But then one day I went for a hike with Bella. And the whole approach to the peak, I was like, my brain was just going a mile a minute. Uh, and I was like, there's something else. There's, there's something else here. There's what is it? And I came up with the idea for the podcast. I had, 
I had approached another pet photography related podcast to possibly do interviews with pet photographers about their why, what matters to them and got shut down. And I was like, well, you started your photography business because you didn't want to work for the man anymore. You wanted to work for yourself and build your own empire. Why would you have gone to somebody else and offered your services for free when you can do it yourself? So the idea of the podcast was born and I thought, but how does that help the photography business? And then I was like, okay, well, I can use what I know about content creation. I've been building websites, doing SEO since 2008. All, you know, I used to manage social media for corporations and colleges and what have you. So I know that stuff too. Yeah. Um, so how, how can I help pet photographers? And I, I thought that's what it would be about. Then I had a coaching call with Heather Lottenen, whom you likely know. And if you've ever been on a Zoom call with Heather, you know, she leans right in and lowers her voice a couple of octaves and she was Angela. Why don't you go become a grief coach? I sat back in my chair and I went, what? She said, go become a grief coach. Learn everything you need to know about grief and then teach people about it. I went, oh. Yeah, mind blown. That's the thing right there. So what One Last Network is might never be without Heather Lottman. So thank you, Heather, if you happen to be listening. Uh, and so I did. I started out with uh, grief coaching through Kathy Cheshire. Then I became a pet loss grief companion through Two Hearts Pet Loss Center and Colleen Ellis. And then I enrolled in the Grief Educator Certificate course through David Kessler, who is a renowned grief expert. Yeah. So the gap I saw is that so many pet photographers out there are taking these clients who are in the anticipatory grief stages of their pets' lives, and they don't know how to support them. They don't even know what to say to their clients. That is, that is the number one thing that I've heard from my members is that, what do I say to them? And so that's a big part of the training is how to talk to your clients. And more than anything, it's just asking them questions about what's the focus of your, what's the focus of your photo session? A beautiful creature on four, sometimes three legs. We don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, the beautiful creature over there that has spent the last decade or more with this human who is now in turmoil because the end of that animal's life is coming. All you have to do really is ask them questions about that dog and get them to tell stories about their dog, because that's what means the most to them in that moment. And, and that's, I think the difference I, you know, talk to so many people about so many things, but some of my local dog mom friends, you know, have done different photo shoots with different people. And some of them are pet photographers. Some of them are not pet photographers and some of them aren't photographers at all. There's a person with a camera, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that that's, 
you know, so important that spending that extra time to ask questions and really genuinely be thoughtful and caring about their story and this relationship that you're building with them. Because from what I hear from other people, when that doesn't take place, they get resentful of it costs so much, or I spent this much time doing this, or I don't like the photos or whatever. And I think that if everyone took the time and, uh, and I think if the pet parents also knew up front what, how much effort to put into it, um, that there wouldn't be that, that resentment that I don't always hear, but just sometimes, you know, um, and this, this topic does come up a lot, um, because everyone wants great photos of their pets and, and not everyone gets the same experience. So I think it's just so valuable to prepare people with this kind of information, because even I mean, you can have anticipatory grief when your dog is two. <laughs> the second you say hello, right? you think preparing for goodbye, what am I going to have to say goodbye one day, which you will. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you need this level of care from like the first moment, really. I think that there's an opportunity for photographers to be, we're not in our clients' lives necessarily for an extended period of time, but it can still be an impactful period of time. And to just be a supportive space for our clients. I honestly, I hate the term holding space. It's, it's the new age liberal version of thoughts and prayers. Um, (laughs) What does it mean? Uh, Nothing. It really means nothing, but to be a supportive, to be a part of an individual support network, especially when they may not have much of a support network, Mm -hmm. because the thing about Pet loss grief is that it's also disenfranchised grief. And as my friend Colleen Ellis says, 70% of American households have a pet. 80% of that 70% refer to themselves as mommy and daddy. But it's the 30% who are defining the rules around pet loss and the grief associated with pet loss and telling us that. We can't mourn our pets because it was what just a dog and what you can always get another one. I could never, ever replace what I had with Shep. Bella is different. She has changed me in ways that Shep did. Mm -hmm. But Shep changed me in ways that Bella can't. Yeah. And you would never say that. You would never say, you can always get another husband. You can always have another kid. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine? And by the way, people do say that to parents. You can always get pregnant again. Oh my goodness. Because we're not taught how to handle grief. And we just say the first stupid thing that comes to our brain, right? It's called bright siding. We want people to feel better, but yes, it it is like that. Um, when you're, when your pet passes and someone says, well, you gave them a great life and 
I just remember when my, my last dog who passed Lola, which was maybe six years ago, I just wanted someone to say, this fucking sucks. <laughs> right? I, I don't care that I gave her a great life. It just fucking sucks. <laughs> I might have given her a great life, but she's not here in my life now. And I just like wanted, and I'm sure this one of the stages, but I just wanted someone to just be mad at how unfair it was with me and not comfort me. Boy, if you need that again, give me a call. I will tell you how much it fucking sucks. Thank you. Well, hopefully I won't need it soon. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's enough. It's enough for, yeah. <laughs> for a while. Oh my goodness. So, so you've kind of created really this, this niche of educating pet photographers about grief counseling and, and helping their customers and their clients through this, these hard times. Do you think that other petpreneurs in other areas should also have experience with grief counseling, like groomers and dog trainers and all these other people? Is this something we should all know about? Great question. Yes, absolutely. Groomers, groomers notice things when, when they're seeing a dog on a regular basis, they'll, they'll notice things that or a dog walker or a trainer, they might notice things about the dog that an owner might not see. Cataracts, a weird bump, lapomas, bumps that might be a little harder than lapomas, you know. Right. Change in coat, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So learning how to appropriately discuss that with a client can really change your relationship. I mean, if you're just going up and going, oh, I found this bump oh. to learn how to soften that. And Hey, <laughs> let's not lie. I am uh, the least likely person to soften an approach, but I have certainly changed things a lot in the last year. Uh, but certainly we have a different relationship or groomers, trainers, and, and dog sitters, they have a different relationship with the animal than than the client might. And to see for them to understand grief too will help them deal with the loss of their client. That is that has been really key in the training that I've done because I've had pet photographers in the last year lose their animals. And they've come to me and they've said, if I didn't have your grief training, this would have been a lot worse. Or the grief training helped me deal with this. So to understand just the basics of grief, the emotions of what people are going through can not only help you be a better support to your client, but to help you when your time is coming because it's yeah. coming. Mm -hmm. This is the second we, we get a dog, the second we go to a breeder or a shelter, the time is coming. And we don't learn grief in school, like math. I didn't learn math in school because like no numbers, um, which makes me a terrible business owner. Um, <laughs> we don't learn about that stuff. And a lot of times our parents don't teach it to us either. It's important to have those discussions for us to be aware and to understand and to prepare. And we prepare for our human losses by writing wills 
but we don't do that for our dogs. And that's another thing that I've learned is that in planning for the end, it can help the recovery from the end. Yes. Yeah. You know, having a plan for anything makes us less stressed and calmer. And um, yeah, it's not really morbid. It's not like you're planning your dog's death, (laughs) but having a plan when it, when it comes down to it, you can make sure that what's important to you happens. Having that plan in place can make that go. Oh my God. Thinking of that in advance, instead of you go to the vet because your dog can't lift their head up. This is just what happened to Lola when she passed, but rush to the vet because they can't move and you've figured out it. this is the day. And then you get told what's going to happen, which you've never been told these instructions ever before. And then you have to decide what to do with the remains in that moment. It's the worst day of your life. And if you could just have a plan in advance, oh my God, and not have to even make those decisions that day. How amazing. And plan for someone to help you with it. Because Mm -hmm. even though you have a plan in place, it doesn't mean that you're going to be in the right mindset to execute that plan. Yeah. But hearing like the choices and having to make a decision Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with those emotions, that's just awful. Yeah. And to bring it all back, the day that Shep died, I don't recall the clinic giving me the service for free or on a discount. I don't recall the crematorium giving us a discount or a free service. I don't recall the funeral home in Nova Scotia giving us a discount or a free service when my mother died. So I tell pet photographers to structure their business the way they need to structure their business to be profitable, but to understand that what we do is a valuable service and to produce quality work time and time again And creating these everlasting memories for our clients is important. And it doesn't necessarily have to be discounted. And, And I will caveat that in saying, sometimes I do waive my session fee, but that's only when it's like the client is putting, lifting the dog up the next day Mm -hmm. or the day after. And there just isn't time to get those things taken care of, you know, at the end of it, there's no discount because there's still the products that need to be selected and ordered and what have you. We, we need to understand that what we're doing carries value and meaning that will help our clients find value and meaning in their pets' lives that will help them find comfort and meaning in their own lives in the days as they move forward. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Mm. I wrote down a like a blurb or a quote you had on your website, which said, "End of life pet photography is a critical service that we provide to pet owners." And I think when you think of it that way, you know, it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking speaking of your website, I do have to wrap up this episode. So, Angela, where can people go? to learn more about Big White Dog Photography and also One Last Network. Big White Dog Photography uh, is bigwhitedogphotography.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Our handles are 
big white dog photography. And I say we because Bella is my teammate. Where I go, she goes. One Last Network. One Last Network. There's the podcast, which is on onelastnetwork.com, Spotify, Apple, all the things. And the back end of that for pet photographers and the grief training. There's two levels. There's platinum membership, which is $300 a year. And uh, the photographers get the grief training and access to my content creation brain. We do monthly webinars on blogging and the websites and SEO and social media. And there's a silver membership where you just get access to the monthly webinars. There's a supportive community, not a Facebook group. Any member, no matter platinum or silver, silver is $100 a year, gets to submit a listing to the directory so that some anyone looking for end-of-life pet photography of quality standard can go onto this website, do a search for your area, and as we grow, hopefully there will you be able to find someone in your area. Well, Angela... It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for all of your time and for sharing your story so authentically and, you know, bearing your cry. Yes. Well, I cried as well. And I'm sure some of our listeners cried. So thanks for hanging in there, everybody. (laughs) It's a, it's a deep subject. That's for sure. Yeah. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode. Send me a note on Instagram at wearwagrepeat or find even more women petpreneurs to connect with in our private Facebook group called Wear Wag Repeat Labs. If you want to dig into more episodes, resources to grow your business, or find a link to something we discussed, it is all right there for you at wearwagrepeat.com. I'll see you back here next Wednesday for a fresh conversation.